Because at the end of the day, like we're doing this to to form, you know, like lasting, meaningful relationships with other people, and it's not it's not a competition, it's not a numbers game. It's just like what what will make you personally happy. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 260. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Elisa and Mike, who are amazing. This is a wonderful, wide-ranging conversation. Yeah, we kind of get into a lot of things, but really the bulk of it is around how they got started in non-monogamy, which got kicked off by an infidelity and how they've repaired and recovered in that work that they did. And so is not the only thing we focused on by any means, but it is a really great conversation and, and sort of deconstructing and then reconstructing after that. And so just a huge amount of gratitude to both of them for, for talking through that with us and sort of reliving that and sharing it with you. So, so we can all be better. Yes. They also have a podcast called Poly Plus Amor Equals Us, which is a super creative name. And they're pulling together a workshop that's coming out later this month. And you can go to their website and sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about it. Links for all of the information about their podcast and where to sign up are in the show notes or on our website, normalizingnominogamy.com. And for those of you who are premium subscribers, we're going to jump right into the interview now. And for the rest of you, we've got a couple of other short things we want to tell you about. We're going to keep them short this time. Yes. The first thing is the premium subscription. This is a way that you can pay a couple bucks a year or a couple bucks a month. You choose the price and you get to skip these ads. It also helps support Emma and me and the podcast and the work we do so we can keep making this happen. So thank you in advance to doing for doing that. And thank you to everybody who has already signed up. And also, quick reminder, if you're a community member, you get access included. Speaking of community, I was, I was just speaking of the community. (laughs) You can sign up and join our community. We recently transitioned from Patreon to another platform called Mighty Networks. We're super excited about this transition and love the new format. So we'd love for you to give it a try. You can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the community button to find out all of the information. It's only five bucks a month and you get access to the men's and women's groups calls and chats, the ongoing chat on Mighty Networks, as well as a monthly Q&A. Yeah, it's a great community and just a huge amount of Again, more gratitude. We get more thankful for a lot of things. Yes. But definitely so. this community, everybody's kind of transitioned over. It's a hop in place to be, and we'd love to have you join us. Yes. Also, we have a virtual meet and greet coming up on November 30th. These virtual meet and greets are open to anyone. You just must be open-minded and respectful. So feel free. We'd love to have you join us. Go sign up on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And the last but not last, just kidding, thing that we wanted to tell you about (laughs) was an intimacy workshop that's coming up as well. This is different than the one that Alisa and Mike are putting out in a couple of weeks. Yep, this is separate. Yep, this one is on December 3rd. It is a three-hour workshop, and it is hosted by former guests of our podcast, uh, Rachel and Eric. They were on episodes 8 and 19, respectively, using pseudonyms, but they're back, and they are ready to kick some ass. So Rachel is a licensed clinical social worker. Eric is a licensed master social worker. And they put together an amazing workshop on intimacy to help everybody. Well, you know what? We're going to let them talk about it. (laughs) They recorded a short little ad. We're going to play it right here. And there are links in the podcast player show notes or on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com for you to sign up. And just one quick note, they mentioned the time is at nine. It's from nine to noon. That is nine to noon Eastern. We just wanted to make that clear. Have you ever felt your sexuality was misunderstood by a partner? Would you like to be able to talk more openly about your turn-ons and your turn-offs? Are you an asker or a guesser? How about in the bedroom? If any of these questions are intriguing, you'll likely be interested in our next Intimacy Workshop on Saturday, December 3rd from 9 a.m. to noon. This online event is open to individuals, couples, throuples, and more. We hope to see you there. Just a quick reminder, you can sign up for the 
the workshop on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Use the code Emma for a few bucks off and go enjoy this workshop. We're super excited. And if you learn enough that you get out there and you want to start getting your intimacy on with other people, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna go ahead and recommend you get tested for STIs. And the way that Emma and I do that is we use a service called stdcheck.com. And we're not alone. Tons of you use this service every month. And we're grateful to all of you because when you do, you save $10 by using the links on our website and you help support us financially. It's super quick and discreet and we would highly encourage you to give it a try. Yes, it's $129 for a 10 panel test. You know, that's cheaper than your Starbucks coffee these days. (laughs) So this is a much better investment in your health and happiness than your mocha latte frappuccino. (laughs) You just totally made that up, didn't you? It's probably a thing. (laughs) Add some sprinkles, call it a rainbow. It's a latte and frappuccino at the same time. Is it? No. I don't know. You used to work there. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Anyway, the last thing we wanted to say, reach out to us, send us an email, send us a voicemail. We love to hear from all of you. Tell us what you think about us, our show, you, your show, whatever. You don't have to have a show. You can also come on. There's a lot of things you can do and a lot of things that will happen when you reach out. See what happens. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. And I think with that, we'll jump into the interview with Elisa and Mike. Well, welcome to the podcast, Elisa and Mike. We're excited to have you here today, and we're excited for this conversation. <laughs> Would you two mind starting by uh, introducing yourself? Hi, I'm Elisa, and uh, I'm like, oh, what do you introduce myself? Who am I? What do I? What do I even say? Um, I'm Elisa. This is my husband, Mike. We live in Los Angeles, and we've been polyamorous for like four or five years now. Yeah. Is that a Perfect good Perfect intro. That's <laughs> yeah. great. And what, well, what- Mike, do you have anything to add? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get, well, how about we get into the background then and say, what happened five years ago that cracked open the polyamory- world to you and and maybe what was the lead up to that yeah so our story is a pretty interesting one i think it's something that most people don't don't really ever experience or move through the way that we did so we started dating like seven years ago and we had been dating for about two and a half years when i cheated on mike and and when he found out we, and of course this is like the abridged version, when he found out, we talked about it a lot. And he's the one who actually told me, well, it sounds like you want to be polyamorous. Like from everything you're telling me, that kind of sounds right. And I was like, what's that? You know, I had, I had no idea. I had never heard of it. And then through more talking and more conversation, I realized like, yeah, that's definitely what I want. And so we did some work on our own relationship first, and then after that, we opened it up. Yeah. Do you do you two mind talking a bit more about uh, the, the, so the infidelity piece is the thing that's come up probably about ten or fifteen times throughout our interviews with people, and I think it's it is so common that it happens, and usually what happens is there's an infidelity, everyone gets angry, breaks up. And away we go because you're the devil or the other person, whoever cheated is the devil and they screwed it all up. But you mm-hmm. two have salvaged it. You've you've rebuilt on top of that foundation. How did you do that? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think our story is actually very common, as you were saying. And uh yeah, typically, you know, when something like this happens, mm-hmm. one person gets upset and they're and they break up. The trust is destroyed and their their pride and ego are are bruised and they just say screw you and move on but yeah. yeah for us it was i don't know it was just i guess it was a little different because we uh we started dating in may 2015 and everything was going great up to the point of of the infidelity yeah and uh i mean we had like common issues that couples have but like nothing major right and we're, sure. like, we're, we're yeah. pretty good at communicating at that point you know if, if one of us was upset about something or, or wanted something communicating we've really gotten better at it we have gotten better, but there was nothing like major that wasn't being said. Yeah. It wasn't like you really were wanting something or I was really wanting something. And 
Yeah. Letter didn't know about it. Yeah. It wasn't like I was super unhappy in the relationship or that anything was really wrong with the relationship. Like none of that. It was that I had just met somebody that I had this crazy connection with and I was like so confused. And it was really hard because I, I felt so connected to this other person. And yet I was like, well, but I love Mike. And then I started thinking like, oh, well, if, you know, if I have this connection with this other person, then I must not actually love Mike because that's like the narrative I had always been told is like, when you find the one, you're never going to have feelings or connect with anybody else. And so I was, I was so confused. I was like, well, then do I really love him? Do I not? I don't know. And it was like this whole, this whole big thing. Yeah. But even though there was nothing wrong with our relationship, I really started to second guess it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess yeah. just un, unbeknownst, is that a word? Yeah, unbeknownst. <laughs> Unbe- yeah. Yeah. Unbeknownst to Elise at the time, like I had, I had experienced those, those pretty much the same exact feelings in my, in a prior relationship, but I never acted upon them. But you know, they were, I was, I was dating someone, it, it was probably three or four years into our relationship. And then I, I had strong feelings for someone else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, at the time, like, my girlfriend and I had never talked about being polyamorous or, or trying to date other people. So I just kind of pushed those feelings aside and it was, uh, it was difficult. And so when, I guess when the cheating happened, like all of this, you know, all of this came out and it, it kind of, it was interesting. Yeah. It, it kind of did shatter our, our relationship, but then it also gave us the opportunity to, to build the backup how we wanted. Mm-hmm. And so it really just opened everything up. Yeah. And then I guess that, you know, after it did happen and after, you know, we talked for several days or, or even several weeks, you know, I had to, uh, <laughs> the talking went on for months. Yeah, it was, it was long, but I guess like, but right, it was so necessary right after it happened. You know, I, I, I had to make the decision, like, do I want to stay with Elisa? And mm-hmm. I was like, everything in my head, I was like, everything's been great so far. You know, I do love her. And like, I just like nothing had been wrong up to that point. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I decided like, yeah, I do, I do want to stay with her and try to like rebuild this in a more, uh, I guess like meaningful and, and just practical way for us in a style that suits yeah. us. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause I, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, it wasn't really even the cheating that like the, the physical like interaction with the other person that was painful. It was just yeah. like the not telling me the lying, it was the lying and, and not being upfront about it, mm-hmm. the lack of communication. So it's, like the actual physical act, I was like, like, I didn't really care about that. But of yeah. course, I mean, you didn't really, like none of this was discussed at the time it happened or, or beforehand. So, yeah, you know, you didn't really know that, yeah. but yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's, so I guess at that point, like once, once I decided like, yeah, I do want to stay in this, like, I do want to try to like, you know, rebuild our relationship, mm-hmm. how we want it to be. And then we just, we kind of just moved forward from there. And I had, a, I had in, in just prior, I I'd read a lot of just like psychology and like dating books, lots of dating books, Still have <laughs> I mean, maybe like, like two or three, I'd read the game and like that, it was a great story, but there wasn't really any like meaningful advice in there. But then I had some, I re- I'd read some other like psychology related dating books. And I was like, wow, this is like, it's really all about just building yourself and building your confidence and it was just a lot more like yeah meaningful in the long run than just like silly little like ploys yeah like pickup yeah. artist stuff yeah exactly <laughs> but you know a, a common theme with a lot of those authors was that like they did work towards being polyamorous like that just kind of seemed to be uh just a natural progression and uh in their life so I was like, okay, yeah. this is interesting. Like, I may not be ready for this right now at the time, but, you know, I put it in the back of my mind as something that I may want to do later on in life. And then, you know, when our, our relationship was being rebuilt, I was like, okay, I think this is the time to, to introduce this. I think it could work well for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was actually going to be my, one of my next questions. I think you pretty much just answered is that, did you, either of you have a framework for what polyamory was or even non-monogamy in different forms before this happened in your relationship? I did not. I was like, yes, of course, I had always heard of like open relationships. But in my experience, that had always been, oh, a guy 
at a bar would be like, oh, I have a girlfriend, but oh, we're in an open relationship. Like, it's totally fine. And it's like, okay, but does she know that you're in an open relationship? (laughs) Because I don't think so, right? That had always been my experience with any form of non-monogamy. So to me, I yeah, I had no framework. That wasn't even an option. I didn't even know how that worked or where to begin. But Mike had more. I saw I had a little bit of a framework because – you know, a lot of the people I had, I had, you know, read books on, like they were, their, their version of polyamory was more so just dating. It wasn't really uh, being married. They're like, oh, I'm going to be polyamorous. So I'm dating to find the one and then get married and be monogamous. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I mean, it, it was pretty, pretty limited, I guess I would say. So yeah, when, when we opened up our, our relationship and decided to be polyamorous, like we, we kind of were starting from scratch and just kind of had to, to really th- think more about it and, and what we wanted it to look like and kind of set some ground rules. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely new territory for us. Yeah. I, I had like, once I was like, okay, our relationship is good. I want to start dating. I had like read some books as well, like the ethical slut. Um, that was like the one that I was like, okay, I can do this after reading that. And that's kind of how we, basically just off of that. And then we were like, okay, we're going to figure this out as we go. And yeah. And now it's been a few years. Yeah. How did, I don't want to like fixate on it, but it is your basically part of your origin story. Like how did you, because opening a relationship is hard, right? If two people, nobody's cheated on anybody. And one of you comes and says, I'd like to open our relationship. Like that's a big conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing it on top of this, like, well, we, we sort of have a, we had a break in trust. So now we have to like heal trust and then we have to work towards that. How did the two of you rebuild that trust? And then what are the first steps? And like you read Deathical Slut and now you've got to like take that out into the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a process. So when like we started talking about like, so basically I had, I had said that I, that this was going to happen again, not like the cheating necessarily, but that like me having feelings for somebody else, I was like, this is going to happen again because it's happened in the past before, but this had only been the only time I had like acted on it. And, but I just knew I was like, this is going to happen again where I'm going to have feelings for somebody else. And I don't want to have to suppress that because if these feelings are coming up, there's a reason for that. And I don't want to suppress that. So I thought after I said that, I was like, we're breaking up. This, there's no way he's gonna. Um, but he was like, I, I understand that. And, and so we talked through it more about like, well, then what is it that we are both really like seeking and wanting? And, and after talking about that, we, we decided like, okay, we do want to be polyamorous. We do want to open up our relationship. But first, we do need to work on our own relationship. And honestly, it just meant us being together monogamously for about another year and just spending that time together, rebuilding that trust and and just being together and remembering, you know, like why we love each other so much, why we want to be in each other's lives. And after about a year, actually, it was like a year and a half after that, we got married. And then maybe six months after getting married, then we started like, okay, now like seeing other people and like, okay, now let's like, we could start dating. And, but it was like a very, very slow process. It definitely wasn't like deciding we want to be polyamorous and then just going for it because we did have to rebuild that trust. And then even, even cause I was gung ho. I was like, okay, I'm ready to start dating. I'm ready to do this. I'm so excited. But again, we had to go slow with that because there was still, it was still hard for Mike to see me go out on another date because, you know, the last time something like this had happened, he had gotten really hurt. Mm-hmm. So we did, I did take it slow. And there was a lot of talk about like, okay, if I go out on this date, like, how are you feeling? are you okay? Is it okay if I, you know, do this on a date or do that on a date? And like, there was a lot of our, our rules and our boundaries were pretty tight at first, 
just to sort of help Mike through that process. But as, as I started dating and as I started like seeing more people and doing more and more, it got easier for him. And then it was like, okay, we slowly started making those like rules and boundaries, like less tight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally get so, it. Yeah. First, uh, I mean, first we definitely had to, to mend our relationship. That was, that yeah. was key. But I think, uh, an important part of that is actually just, just realizing that we were on the same page and that we kind of wanted the same things and going mm-hmm. even deeper into like our beliefs and what we wanted mm-hmm. like that, that definitely helped bond us. And, and, you know, we grew closer from that experience. Yeah. I mean, we would talk every <clears throat> single night for probably, probably three months. We would just talk about like relationship and like why and feelings and like why we wanted this and like getting into all the like minutia of everything, like for three months, every single night, just talking. But it was so important for building up that trust and making sure we were on the same page. So when we finally did feel comfortable, we're like, well, we've, we have talked about everything now, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think uh, that whole process, it, it was, it's interesting. I think we were kind of like deconstructing our beliefs on monogamy. Yeah. And so because we have this whole lifetime of, of you know, monogamous narratives on TV and, and through like any form of media, essentially. So mm-hmm. I think at that time, we were both kind of realizing like, hey, this isn't really what we want. And like, it's not really going to, it's not working for either of us. Yeah. And so over that time period, you know, I think we were, we were, kind of just deconstructing those beliefs and then forming our, our polyamorous beliefs and mm-hmm. also just kind of the, the rules and kind of like our roadmap of how we wanted that to look mm-hmm. since it was so new. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a long process. You don't just flip a switch and like, Oh yeah, I'm polyamorous now. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it takes, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes, uh, it takes a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. You might be able to flip the switch and say I'm there, but then how to do it is, okay, now we've got a lot of work to do here. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. And and it, it sounds like, like on your end, well, I, I think on Elise's end, right? It was very much like, well, this is going to happen again. Maybe I won't cheat next time, but there's going to be feelings. And it sounds like, Mike, you experienced this in a previous relationship mm-hmm. of like, hey, I have feelings. So it sounds like you were both kind of aligned that like we... You didn't, it didn't seem like you were being dragged into it at this point, I guess, Mike, it was sort of like, Hey, we need to reassess this and let's do it together moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd, I'd had those feelings in a prior relationship and even in our relationship, it's not like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always like going to be physical attraction, but you know, I, I, I didn't really see what was wrong with pursuing physical or, you know, or romantic attraction to somebody while seeing mm-hmm. somebody else as you know, as long as yeah. everyone was, uh, was open and aware of that mm-hmm. whole ethical aspect yeah. of it. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that was the whole reason why I brought it up as a, you know, as a possibility for us. Cause you know, it was something I also wanted to explore too. So I mean, right. yeah, I guess Elisa, yeah. Elisa kind of, I think what we said before is like, Elisa kind of blew up the relationship and then <laughs> I, I was the one that kind of was the architect piecing it back together. Yeah. I mean, we both were, but I guess I was kind of like, yeah, it, it <laughs> I was the one that started that, the idea of how to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, I had never heard of polyamory or I never would have thought to go down the like non-monogamy road. Yeah. That was definitely all Mike. <laughs> well, which is amazing. Right. Cause like I, I'm just projecting into your belief here when you like, the infidelity comes out and you're like, oh boy, well, this is all done and over with. And he's like, hold on, I got a new idea for you. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I I just yeah. did this thing and now you're like, we can keep going and do this other, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can, I can see that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, and then it takes time to kind of wrap your mind around all of that, yeah. for sure, both of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, when you actually started opening up and seeing other people, how how did that go? Um, it looked different for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started, (laughs) I started dating just like, I don't know, people, I, I worked at a restaurant at the time. And so I was seeing lots of people and I don't know when you work at a restaurant and you're like, you know, in your twenties, like lots of people are like, you just get hit on. Um, and so honestly, that was like how I was like, ah, when the right person finds me, yeah, sure. I'll go out on a date. And I was, I was really dating a lot of people who had never 
experienced non-monogamy or didn't really have a framework for it. And it was hard. It was really hard because it was like, I have to explain this whole thing. Oh, P.S. I'm married. That was always the big one that people couldn't wrap their mind around. <laughs> and and most of the time, guys would just be like, okay, that's weird. But if it means ultimately I can have sex with you, then like, sure, let's go for it. You know? Like, Which is exactly, that's exactly what you want, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of like, that's how men's minds work. Not all the time, but I feel like some of the time. And so, yeah, it just, it, and then, so maybe we would date a little bit and then they would, but they would just find it very weird or they couldn't wrap their mind around it. Or they'd be like, well, what's the point in dating you if I can't get married to you? And so after a while of like dating people who had like only ever been monogamous and that's all they ever really wanted, I realized like, okay, this is not for me. I need to find like the non-monogamy dating pool and like jump in there. (laughs) Um, And then once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, this is like so much better. But the beginning, it it was hard. It was hard for Mike when I first started like going on dates. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was somewhat difficult. Like it's, it's definitely gotten easier. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the first few dates, like there's, you're still having to like get comfortable with you know, your significant other going on dates and seeing someone else. And there's just like, I feel like there's just naturally some jealousy and insecurity there. But then, you know, as, as Elisa was going on more dates, I was like, okay, this is, this is like, first off, like, this is what we want. This is what we agreed to. So I was like trying to rationalize it, but you can only rationalize your emotions away so much. <laughs> yeah. Right. You still have emotions that come up. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really just like, it really does just boil down to like, trust and like comfort with the other person like you do have to trust them because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like the jealousy and insecurity is like oh like they they might think someone's better than me or they might leave me but like the more that elisa was going out the more i realized like yeah this is like like we are we are life partners like i, I do fully believe that and i i do trust her like we've gone through so much together we have so much history and like i feel like our roots are deep enough where like that that to me just like was so like concrete in my mind that over time I was like, okay, like I don't really need like the jealousy and insecurities did this kind of like faded away over time. Cause like those, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they just, yeah, they just weren't there anymore. Yeah. It sounds like you were able to find ways to self soothe, uh, like acknowledge your emotions, be there and have them. And then over time, figure out how to work through them yourself. And I'm sure with lots yeah. of conversations together. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, just realizing like, yeah, I think why, what's, what's the cause of them? Like, why, why are they there? Like, it really yeah. is just like an insecurity that like this person's going to leave me and I love them and I'm going to like be alone for some time. Like that's, that's what it boils down to. But like once, I guess once I solidified in my mind, like that's just not, to me, that wasn't, just, that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It would, it would take a lot of, it would just take a long time and a lot of like talking and like kind of like a, a long, like degradation of our relationship for that to happen it wouldn't be immediate so i'm like there's there's just like no reason to like to have these these feelings like oh this is gonna happen tonight kind of thing yeah Yeah. when i'm out on a first date yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know not coming home mike sorry i'm I'm leaving with this one we're we're hopping on a plane tonight (laughs) right like exactly exactly so i mean yeah there's like it's just getting over those like those those fears and those insecurities you have yeah but I guess for me, my my dating, I guess progression was quite a bit slower than Elisa's because she she was definitely more gung ho about it. She was also just more out and about. Like I'm an engineer, so I'm in the office ten hours of the day. I'm not like really meeting anyone I I can go on dates with. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I definitely I took my time. I was also I had never really gotten into the apps, so I never really went the app route. So I was just. In my free time, typically on the weekends, like Friday, Saturday, I would just, I would go out, try to go out one day a week just with friends, um, without Elisa being there. And then I would just, I would just try to meet women, you know, on those nights. And it was interesting. The very first woman I met had like, was super familiar with polyamory and, uh, and just like that whole community. She probably knew more than I did. And so she was, I mean, she was a great person to, to meet and like date a little bit for the for the first time. But then I realized like it was just kind of beginner's luck and <laughs> it's not going to be like that at all. 
Well, I would imagine the narrative for, and, and this is, I mean, we have a lot of anecdotal evidence that, right, women aren't, the, like you described, Elisa, men are like, mm. well, you have a husband, but I'm going to get to fuck you. Like, it's not necessarily, yeah. it's not necessarily that cut and dry, but I don't think it's quite that easy on uh, for women, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, sure, you're in an open relationship, Mike. Like, I bet. you know, Like, you have happened mm-hmm. to meet the one person who was like, oh, that is a real thing. You're yeah. probably not lying to me. Um, but, yeah, I can imagine the majority are like, yeah, okay, buddy. Sure you are. We're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I don't know, I've probably brought it up to like at least 20, 25 different women. And uh, I, I've been surprised. It actually hasn't been that bad. Like no one, like no, no one I brought it up to is like totally like gotten upset or like thought I was like, you know, a lying asshole, like trying to cheat on my wife. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times yeah. I'll just be like, because I still wear my wedding ring. I'm like, well, if I was trying to cheat, like I would just take off my wedding ring. Like, I hope, <laughs> yeah. you, right. I hope you don't think I'm that stupid. <laughs> 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 and so yeah, actually that one, that one actually works pretty well. <laughs> That's your pick of but, mine? No, really? no. <laughs> yeah. no it's, the way like the way the conversation progresses, it's like you just, you first meet them. Like you're just, you're like out single, just meeting someone else. Like I just want to go out and like have fun and like, have a good conversation with someone. And I, I never start by saying like, Hey, I'm polyamorous. Like that would right. be such a, you know, kind of a, <laughs> an odd, like totally catch someone off guard intro. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so plus it would, it would work a hundred percent of the time and it takes all the fun out of the game. If, you, <laughs> if it's just like shooting fish in a barrel, you just walk into a bar polyamorous over here and they yeah. just, they just come on over. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What fun is that? <laughs> right. Right. You got to work for Definitely. it. All yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's, I think that's actually kind of the hardest part is like figuring out when to say like, Hey, I'm polyamorous. Cause like, that's, you know, that's, that's a big decision for, uh, for someone to, to make if they want to like still pursue you. And so, yeah, I mean, I'll just, yeah, I just, I have like, just try to be fun, be, be normal in the beginning, like really get to know the person, like, and they, they'll, they'll catch on to like your vibe and who you are. And like, they'll be like, Oh, is this person just like, kind of like fronting himself and like pretending to be someone he's not. And, you know, at that point I'd, I'd hope like I've given like enough across where like they, they trust what I'm saying and like, they trust me at least to like a certain extent, as much as you can trust someone who you first met. And then, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, I always, I always want to bring it up like relatively early because I don't want to like waste their time. I don't want to waste my time if they're really not like into like someone who's polyamorous or they really want to get married. Like there's, yeah, you know, there's kind of no point to like continue pursuing someone romantically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you continued down that same route or have you decided to go the app route after trying that for a while or, or a different so, route? What, what route do you currently <laughs> use for, for both of you to, for, for finding people? Yeah, so I have I have gone a little more the app route. I'm not super active on it, but yeah, just you know, there's there's certain apps that are geared more towards non-monogamy. So it's just a lot. It's just it's just easier. It's a better use of time. Like going out, I still enjoy going out. Like I just I I don't go out solely just to like try to pick someone up. Like I go out to like hang out with my friends and just have a good time, blow off some steam. And like yeah, if I'm if I see someone and I'm attracted to them, yeah, like I'll I'll go talk to them, but. You know, I'm not super gung ho about it. And so, but at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, you can only like the, the first one worked out, but I've gone through like, I don't know, you know, 20 or so others that were, they're just like, Oh, like, like, yeah, like it's fun. Great talking to you. But like, I'm looking for a husband kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. if I do really want to like try to meet someone, it, it is just a better use of my time to, to use the apps. Yeah. And then we've also, um, we've also, there's some, some polyamory meetup groups in LA mm-hmm. that we've gone to, um, only a couple. Yeah. And that's been fun, but that's more to like build community, not really to like find someone to date, you know, it's more just about finding other cool people who are like, you know, into polyamory and non-monogamy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, it still could work out. Yeah. And you know, they're polyamorous. Yeah, exactly. So that's right. Mm-hmm. You got right. that in common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've mostly now just used dating apps because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to waste my time with people who like, don't get it. I mean, they're right. And it could totally happen, right? Like there are people out there who are like, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more. And then they could totally be into non-monogamy, but 
it doesn't typically happen that way. So I mostly now just date from dating apps because I just, it, you have to, you just skip all of like the having to explain like what non-monogamy is and what your relationship style is and all that. Like you just get to skip all of that and go straight into getting to know somebody. And like, yeah, you still have to kind of ask them like, what is their relationship dynamic? Do they have other partners? All that kind of stuff. But that's, that's also more just like getting to know them and who they are. Whereas like explaining non-monogamy is like, that's just like, (laughs) yeah. A whole nother thing. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't mind that. that. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that all that much. I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I kind of like it because people are like, whoa, that's like so interesting. Like, you know, I've kind of heard of that or like, you know, it's brand new to them. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that whole process. But oh, then again, I mean, no, I used to like tutor before my current job. So I just. Yeah. I don't know. I like, yeah. <laughs> like having to explain myself or repeat myself is like. The things that get me so upset. I'm like, I, I already said this. I don't want to have to. So like having to explain things to people. No. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not my, not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like convert people to, to polyamory, but I'm not out trying to like, you know, spread the word, but yeah, I, don't know. I, think, I think it's, I think it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you're just sharing your. You're, do, you're doing yeah. the Lord's work, Mike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about could could both of you kind of describe your relationships? I guess where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So neither one of us is in a relationship right now. I I haven't had like a long term relationship yet. I've dated a lot, met a lot of cool people, met a lot of not so cool people. Um, <laughs> But nobody that I've been like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, continue seeing you and, like, see you longer. So that part still has yet to happen. So I feel like we are still fairly new, I guess, to, like, neither one of us has had a serious partner or has had, like, other partners that have been around for a long time. So we're still kind of, like, new to that territory. Yeah. I mean, I think you've probably dated at least five other guys right yeah if not more yeah and then you had one relationship was several months yeah so elisa's definitely had more and longer relationships than i've had i've only had i'd say i've only had two the first one lasted like a month and then we started in february 2020 then covid hit and we're like oh Pressure to see each other anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was unfortunate. And then, yeah, I mean, the one after that, it only lasted like a week. (laughs) It was super short. (laughs) She's like, yeah. She didn't really want to be in a non monogamous relationship. She's like, this this is fun, but like, I'm also like dating someone else. So I think I might marry. So to her, I was like, what's the point? Yeah. She's She's like, like, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just not, I'm not super. I guess I'm, I'm just not super active in like trying to pursue other relationships right now. Like I've always been yeah. a little more career oriented and I'm kind of just like, if it comes about in my natural, you know, day to day life, then like I'll, I'll pursue it. But I'm not like setting aside chunks of time, like every day or every week trying to like find another relationship. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a lot slower, slower moving than, than Elisa is. <laughs> But that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like it doesn't have to be, you know, exactly 50, 50. We're just kind of going at our own pace. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think it is, it is a question we get often you know, emailed to us is like, we got into this and usually it's my wife has just got a thousand dates a week and I haven't had a date in seven mm-hmm. months. And, and <laughs> yeah, it starts yeah. to build that. And like, it, it does happen in reverse, but that's typically the pattern. And, yeah. but like to hear you like, Hey, like it's, I'm going to go at my pace, but that's a really hard thing to do to be confident enough and say, yeah, she's going to be off maybe sprinting and I'm over here like on a nice leisurely walk. And that's okay. Cause I'm feeling good about what I'm doing for me and she should feel good about what she's doing for her. Yeah. I think, I think it's very relatable to the, the jealousy and insecurity when she went out on dating. I think just mm-hmm. like kind of coming to terms with those emotions during that time is, is kind of like help me be okay with, with our difference in, uh, in pace. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like we're doing this to, to form, you know, like lasting meaningful relationships with other people. And it's not, 
it's not a competition. It's not a numbers game. It's just like what, what will make you personally happy. And yeah. So yeah, I mean, just constantly yeah. comparing yourself to other people and their pace. I mean, if you do that with, with anything in your life, you know, that's, that's kind of, not I guess good. it can be motivating, but it's also extremely stressful and can be depressing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So, yeah. I mean, there's like the whole social media aspect of that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, I, I would like to date more, but that's kind of like my own, you know, I'm trying to like shift my own priorities to like spend more time and actually pursuing dating. And, you know, it is a bit more work for, for the guys to pursue <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just how it works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, those are, those are just like my personal goals, but I'm not mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not comparing myself to, you know, you saying bolt over here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> safe, safe move. Safe move. <laughs> have the two of you, have the two of you done any dating together? No, no, no we haven't. So I, I think it would be really fun to like wing woman for him. But he doesn't, he doesn't really feel that. But yeah, I'm like, I think that'd be super fun to be like, Ooh, what about her? You know, or like, Ooh, and like, I don't know, just be out together. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Mm, you're not? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it would definitely feel a bit awkward at first, but. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that's something we just have to try and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, one of the things I, I just was just thinking about a second ago as you two were talking is we talk, often talk to people who something that they repeat over and over is like, we're doing this for us. We're doing this to make us stronger. If it's not going to help us, then we're not going to do it. And I haven't really heard that from either of you. It's been more like, and like you just said it a minute ago, like we're really here to form meaningful bonds with people, whether that's a week long or whether it's a year long. And it, I don't hear that undertone of like, well, this, at the end of the day, it's us. At the end of the day, it's us. We have to be us and everything we're doing. There's nothing wrong here, with that. It's but. not, but it, 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 it seems very much like this. I want Mike to do what's best for Mike and I want Elisa to do what's best for Elisa. And mm-hmm we want to continue growing and being together at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like, I mean, we are doing it for us, Mm -hmm. but like, we're also doing it just for ourselves, you know? And that's, that's one of the things that when, when we were talking a lot before we ever really started dating, that was something we really solidified for ourselves was that this, being in relationship with other people is how we grow. And I know for me personally, I grow the fastest and learn so much about myself when I'm in relationship with another person. And I mean, that doesn't even necessarily mean romantic relationships that could be friendships, but like, that's how a majority of us really grow is through relationship. And so that was kind of the realization for both of us is that that's why we want to have like seek multiple partners and have multiple relationships. Because I mean, even though it's been, my relationships have all been pretty short. The one that was like three months, I grew so much from that. And our relationship, our own relationship really, really grew. And it was like, as I was learning things with this other guy, I would bring that back to Mike and be like, oh my gosh, I realized this thing, or I learned this thing. And it helped our relationship grow. So it's like, if we're doing, if we're like doing the work separately, it's still going to affect our own relationship. And so that's kind of where we come at it from is that like, we, we can be in our own separate relationships, but we're always going to come back together and, and have that growth still be there and affect like our relationship and make it better. Yeah, no, right. I think I, that's a good point you brought up though, because we, yeah. I, we haven't like explicitly stated like, you know, this is like for us, but you know, like the way we've structured our, our relationship is like, you know, we're, we're like each other's primary partner. So we spend at least 90% of our free time with one another. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we, you know, we're definitely like still each other's like main primary relationship where we spend our most time. But we've also never had another relationship to even really feel like oh wow i want to spend a lot of time with this person like we haven't gotten there yet yeah i mean not 
I feel like you did with that three month relationship, but yeah. And that kind of just ended abruptly yeah, for an unfortunate reason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, like we are, I think we're just, we've become so comfortable and like so solid in our relationship that like, it's almost just like, it's just, it's just there. Like sometimes we just don't even think about it. And, uh, but yeah, I guess it is important to, to, you know, always like be considering like how our relationship is going and like where we're at. But yeah, I guess, yeah, we just haven't really had anything come up where like we've had to question that. It's just, uh, I just think we're very comfortable and with where we're at and we're just trying to like build from there mm-hmm. yeah. and, and just meet other people. Yeah. And I think th- the point that you kind of made Elisa right at the beginning of it's if we do this for ourselves individually and we're becoming our best selves, we're going to bring that back to the collective us. Right. And I yeah. think that is a thing that people can sometimes miss is they like, you're like, well, oh, she's just being selfish going out on these dates. Like, well, she's also like finding who she is so she can show up better in every aspect of life or, or, or you might like anybody in, in this, who's doing this, like it's a way to become your best self. So you can show up in all of your relationships more authentically. And I think sometimes that gets missed. Um, so I appreciate you kind of highlighting that. Yeah. 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 Beautifully stated. That's exactly it. Yeah. I think actually a big part of why I wanted to, to be polyamorous was because in, in a prior relationship, I just, I felt like, I just felt like stuck. I was like, I, I feel like if I stay with this person, like I, I'm not going to be able to grow to become the person I want to be. Like I'm just, I'm just spending so much time with them and like so focused on them. And uh, we were almost like too similar in a way where we weren't kind of like expanding each other's comfort zones. And I was like, yeah, I just don't. I don't want to be in a relationship like that. And that was actually the whole reason I ended up ending that relationship. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, it just goes along the same lines. Like, yeah, like we can still be comfortable in our relationship and grow as individuals. And then, yeah, as you were saying, bring it back to the collective us. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's a great way to put it. And that's, that's how we feel about it. Yeah. 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 Good job summarizing Finn. (laughs) (laughs) You had mentioned a few times uh, going out with friends, and I might was curious how open with you about your mm. relationship style and dynamic are you with friends and family? So, I think pretty much all of our close friends and family know that we're polyamorous. We've yeah, we've told them all um, up to this point. Yeah, we're, we're pretty. We're I'd say we're very open with it. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't try to hide that at all. For the most part, everyone's been pretty accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, at the least, I yeah. think my mom's probably been the, the more, the most resistant of the bunch. And, yeah. uh, it's like all of our friends, I mean, they're like, they get it. Like they've, they're a little more familiar with it yeah. as opposed to our parents who are like huh. less familiar with it, except for at least his dad who, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I don't he was know. like I back guess. in the seventies, yeah. you know. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He was more, I guess, more familiar with like the disco hippie crowd. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he just he was like he 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 got it. Like he understood. Yeah, he was he like been exposed to it at some point. This is not a new concept. This has been around for a long time. You know, he was like whatever. He's like it's not for me, but if it's for you, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's actually the response we've gotten from most of our friends. Most of our friends have been like okay, yeah, like, if that's what you want, cool. It's not for me, but if it is for you guys, then have at it, you know? Like, yep. for the most part, everyone's been pretty pretty chill about it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, and that's I, that's fortunate for us because, I mean, they're all, they're all pretty open. No one's, like, you know, strictly, like, yeah. religious or, like, diehard about certain beliefs. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. actually been very nice and and helpful for us. Yeah. And then, but yeah, my mom, I mean, she was, she grew up Catholic and she was pretty religious, even though my brother and I didn't, we never went to church growing up, but you know, she's, she's really all about family and I totally get that. And Elisa and I not wanting to have kids and being polyamorous, like that's just kind of totally goes against, you know, her, her foundation and her core beliefs. So but yeah, I she think, just didn't get it at all. 
I feel like the thing that she was like the most hung up on wasn't even necessarily polyamory. It was more just the cheating that she got really hung up on that and like really fixated on that. And so it was hard for her to move past that and really see that like, well, we've moved past this. We're fine, you know, and like that, that is still like really, that's something she hasn't really been able to sort of get past. So then accepting like polyamory or just understanding that aspect, I feel like that's been hard because she hasn't even been able to get past like the cheating part. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once Elisa cheated and I told my mom, eventually it took a while. Um, yeah. It was like a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Should have told her earlier. <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds yeah. like you had it tagged right that she wasn't going to react well. But yeah. I can see where now, like now, all of a sudden, Elise is like the pariah devil in the family who yeah, exactly. caused all of this. And my yeah. mom's mind, it's like if you cheat, like you're you, you know you're just a bad person. Like why would you ever cheat? Yeah, it's kind of no like gray area or no like you know what's what's the nuance? What's the reason? It's just like cheating's bad. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah that was really hard for her to get over. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I can imagine like, uh, and then you then you go ahead and break the mold even further and say, well, yeah, we we navigated infidelity and now we're opening our relationship, and I can see how that would run against all of the grains of her her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we wanted to give you a chance. I mean, first, thank you for sharing everything you've shared so far. Yeah. We yeah, want to give you a chance to talk about your work. We know you two also have a podcast and do do work to help bring awareness to what you do and what we all do. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we once we started really like publicly talking about like our journey and like sort of discovering polyamory for ourselves. I was like, gosh, I wish people were talking about this. And like, this was also, you know, back in like 2017 and yeah, I just was like, where are all the people talking about polyamory and non-monogamy? Like, where are they? And so once we started really talking about it openly, I was like, I wish when we had been going through everything that there had been more resources. And I mean, I know there are resources out there. Right. But like, I just, I had wished that they were a little more easily accessible. And so once we started talking about our, our sort of story and our journey, I was like, we need to like, if these resources don't really exist, then we need to make them. And that, that's kind of where this all began. And so I was like, we should start a podcast. We should share our story, share our journey and share the things that we're learning um, as we're learning them. You know, like we're not, we're not experts in anything, but we have lived experience that we can share. Like hearing other people's experiences is so important. And that's how we all like grow and learn and realize that we're not alone in any of this. And so that's, that's when we decided to start our podcast. Um, and so it's called poly plus more equals us. Um, it's an equation because Mike is such a nerd. Um, <laughs> and then also we, we call each other Mio more, um, which means my love in Spanish. Um, and so we kind of put that together, like the poly plus more equals us. So it almost says polyamorous, it's one letter off. But yeah, and so we started our podcast and it's really just us talking, sharing our story, sharing what we've learned through our journey, what what it's been like dating and the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Like, And we don't really hold anything back. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's our, that's our podcast. Love it. And I love the name and wordplay as two engineers ourselves. We can appreciate the equations. So yeah. love it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and, you guys get and it. The, yeah, we yes. get it. We get it. I love it. It's and creative for sure. Yeah. So is the pod, it's, the podcast is mostly just you two sort of talking through your experiences and your journey? Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly just been us. Um, we just started to like bring guests on. Um, we're not really exactly sure how we're going to flow through that. Um, 
we we had an episode with my parents and they were like our first like real guests um and that was actually really fun yeah yeah because yeah we got to hear sort of also their experience as a parent when when we were going through all of this you know me coming to my mom and being like oh my god mom i cheated uh i fucked up it's bad and then to okay, but we're still together and we're working through it. And like all of that, like it was kind of a roller coaster for them too. And it, it's, it was really interesting to hear from them, like how, how they were feeling through all of this and what it's like when like your child is going down a path that's, you know, not the path that everyone goes down. I don't know. So it was really fun, but so they were our first yeah. guests and we are definitely planning on having more guests on, but I think we're still always going to keep the focus at least for now on sort of our journey because that's what we can speak to the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Yeah. That sounds like a great conversation. It does. I'm excited to go listen <laughs> to that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's some pretty funny, funny little nuggets in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be- before we let you two go, I was. We usually ask if you listen to the show. We usually ask about a blooper. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see if either of you had something a blooper that's happened to you or that's happened <laughs> to both of you that shows that sex and relationships don't always go smoothly. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay. But we figured we'd ask. Um. Oh, I know. I'm sure there there is a blooper about. Gosh, and I know, I'm like, I know you guys ask this, and I didn't even think about like. I've I've been fortunate to never have been like slapped or had a, a drink thrown in my face yet. So <laughs> that's good. I'm, I'm fortunate that's good. for not having that blooper. I'm trying to uh, think. Yeah. Well, congrats I mean, on being a, not an asshole, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Shut the bar real low. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think hmm. I can't really think of one like specifically around like sex or anything, but I mean, I've definitely had some really like bad and weird dates and I guess it's not really a blooper. I guess it's more of like a tip. Like this is just me when I'm going out on a date, like I've been on plenty of terrible ones that I guess you could consider those bloopers, but been on enough that I like have a system down for getting out, <laughs> you know, What's like the system. Yeah, you have to share it. yeah. So it's like, if you live somewhere where like, so we live in LA and so there's parking meters everywhere. I always park at a parking meter and I only put an hour in the meter. Right. So it's like, I'm giving you a whole hour and if it's great, awesome. Let me go put more money in the meter. Let's like go to another bar. Let's do whatever, you know, keep the night going. And if it's terrible, then it's like, okay, I gave this one hour of my time. I gave it a shot. My meter's up. I got to go. Um, and like having something like that, like where like people get it, you know, it's like, oh, my meter's running out, you know? And, and I've definitely had, had guys be like, oh, well, do you want to just put more in? And I'll be like, you know what? No, I don't. No. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with being, I think it can definitely take some people off guard a little bit of like being so upfront, but we'll just be very upfront about it. Be like, you know what? Thank you so much, but I don't think I'm interested in, you know, continuing this date and that's it. And then say goodbyes and out. But like having that time, that like time limit, it really helps. Yeah. So finding something like that. Man, I I think it's a great uh, tip. I wish I had one. I, I just, I can't think of any. I'm sure we do. And we just can't think of no. any at the moment. No, it's all good. Well, I, I think that tip is great because not only, I, I think it probably also, correct me if I'm wrong though, Lisa, like it gives you a little more confidence. That, right. Like, totally. You're not like, you start talking to somebody and you're like, oh my God, what do I got? Four hours of this? You're like, mm-hmm. no, I know I got 57 more minutes and then yeah. I've got at least, <laughs> I at least to go outside and yeah. get away from it for a few minutes. Um, and like you said, like t- to be able, I, I give you a lot of credit too, to be able to say like, actually, no, you know, I don't want to put more money in the meter. Like, I thank you, but no. And like, that's a really hard thing to do. Cause I think so many people would be yes. like, okay, I like two more quarters. Fine. Right. And then you give in and then it's two more quarters, two more, like, no, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. Would, are you open to sharing one of like your weirder date experiences? 
without without outing anybody as being a weird date? <laughs> um, I actually, it wasn't super weird, but it was it was the first time I had experienced somebody who was using polyamory the way Mike had kind of described earlier was that they were using it as a way to just like date a bunch of people um, and like become a better boyfriend is the term that he used. He was like, I realized in my last relationship, I'm not, I'm not a great boyfriend. I'm not great at being in relationship. So he basically just wanted to date a lot of people, learn how to be a good boyfriend and then find somebody to be in a relationship, be monogamous with and get married. And I was like, and I was like, I get why. And I I think that's great that you're wanting to date and learn more about yourself and become a better person. But like, I met you on a dating app that's about like non-monogamy. And so now I feel like you're just using me to like grow. And then you're just going to like dump me and leave me when you've gotten what you needed and find your Mrs. Right. You know, so that I was like, And I definitely did not go on another date with him after that, you know, and I, but I told him why I was like, you know, we just want very different things. And, and, and I feel like you would just be using me and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And what I will say about that is I love the the fact that he was upfront about it yeah, and that you were then able to be upfront about it too. Like, Hey, here's what I want. And you're like, Hey, that feels like shit. But like, there might be 20 other women who are like, cool, I can do that. I'm, I'm okay with that. And right. he'll and he'll be much better suited to go on dates with them. Yeah, so, exactly. I, yeah, that's the key: just sharing your intentions. Yeah, like a lot of people just don't yeah. share their intentions. They're just like, I'm gonna just. We're so afraid of like hurting somebody else's feelings that like it's like the thing with the meter, right? It's like if you're so afraid of hurting somebody else's feelings that then you do something that you don't even want to do because you don't want to hurt mm-hmm. their feelings, and it's like no, or it's opposite, or they're good. trying to hide something. They just kind of want to be yeah. Yeah. On the guys end, if they're like, yeah, I just want to like sleep with women and yeah, pretend like I'm, I like them or like yeah. boyfriend material. I mean, well, and the, and the irony, the irony there at least is you like, you're gonna hurt their feelings more if you put three more dollars in the meter. And at the end of the three hour date, they're like, well, do you want to do another date? Like, no, actually, I haven't enjoyed this one bit. I was just too afraid <laughs> to say that, yeah. and exactly. so I kept putting money in the meter. Like. How is that going to make them Why feel any better? Why are you wasting people's time? Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just string them along. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I know part of it too is like some people get afraid in person to have to tell somebody like, I'm not feeling this. And so they'd rather wait till they get home. And then they're like, okay, yeah. now I can like do it over text message. And that that's a little bit easier. But yeah. either way, you're and still going to have to do it. <laughs> sure. Right? And I, I would like to acknowledge too that like for anybody who doesn't feel safe doing that, Right. If you're in a situation where you're like, if I tell this person, no, like I'm worried, I'm not sure. Please get yourself safe and then tell them. Like, I just want to throw that out there that like, there is definitely a safety aspect to this, that if, if you're sensing danger for yourself, get yourself safe in whatever way you need, if it's two quarters or 10 and then get yourself out. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So I just, I think that's an important caveat there. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you both. Is there is there anything that we haven't asked about or talked about that you wanted to get out in the world before we let you go? I guess like one last little thing. Um, we we had talked about how how hard it is to open up a relationship, and it's like, where do I even begin? And Mike and I have obviously had a lot of experience around that, and so that is something that's something that I'm in the process of creating right now. Is like creating. I don't quite know if it's going to be like a course or an ebook or whatever, but it really is like about like how to open up a relationship, how to have those conversations, how to start them, important things to say, things maybe to avoid saying, or like how, like how, how to say things in a way that isn't going to freak your partner out, stuff like that. So that is something that I I am in the process of making and is almost complete. So if anyone out there is like, how do I do this? I got yeah. you. <laughs> well, links links to your website will be in the show notes. And perhaps by the time this releases, it will be available. And if not... Shortly after. Shortly after. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you for doing that work. And thank you for all the work and for sharing everything you shared with us today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, guys. It's been wonderful. It's been great. And we're back. 
Thank you so much, Elisa and Mike, for sharing your story and for the amazing work you do with your podcast and the workshop that's coming up in the end of November. A quick reminder to anyone listening, you can go sign up on their website for their mailing list to receive be the first to receive information about the upcoming workshop and links for all of that are in the pot, your podcast player, as well as in the show notes on our website. Yeah. I'm just going to echo Emma and say thank you to both of you for doing the work you do and for coming on and sharing your story and your vulnerability. And also go listen to the episode to listen to them interview her parents. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on now. That's something we have not done. That's true. We have not. Yet. Yet. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) What we mean is we're going to interview Elisa's parents. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you again, Elisa and Mike. A few quick announcements, reminders, I suppose, before we let you go. Uh, Our next virtual meet and greet is coming up November 30th. You can sign up on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. While you're there, you could also order a shirt. They say give love. You can order a shirt or a sweatshirt. Support the show while you're doing it. They are amazing and super comfy. The other thing we wanted to remind you of is the Intimacy Workshop hosted by Rachel and Eric. Again, from episodes 8 and 19, respectively. Back then, they were using pseudonyms. But you can sign up on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Use the, the discount code EMMA when you find those links in the uh, under the podcast tab, podcast show notes. You, you're here. You know. You know the routine. <laughs> anyway, you save a couple bucks, and we will see you there because we plan to be there that morning. So that's all from us today. We have a wonderful interview next week. You would not have guessed it. I know. But it's true. With Taylor. With Taylor, it is hilarious, hilarious, lively, amazing, beautiful, so many things. Yes. And we can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.